Welcome to Plain Talk. Plain Talk has a new podcast every two weeks with up-to-date information about aviation technologies for general and business aviation. From home to cockpit to boardroom to personal tech, Plain Talk provides informative information for pilots, industry insiders, and aviation enthusiasts alike. My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 1,900 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. Okay, I'd like to welcome Bob Barrett into the Plane Talk cockpit. Bob is a not only a licensed pilot, but an aircraft restorer and builder extraordinaire. Welcome, Bob. How are you doing today? Another day in paradise, although I'm not liking the minus 23 Celsius mm. I woke up to. Oh. Better than wet and rainy, Phil. True. And, uh, you know, the uh, commander I fly would be an absolute rocket ship, <laughs> but the uh, oil temps would be a little challenging to manage. Well, I've been out in this weather on skis a few times, but boy, you sure got a dress for it. Oh, you sure do. So, Bob, when did you become a licensed pilot? 25 years ago, I got my license um, at Peterborough Airport at their local flying club there. And my dad had a plane when I was a kid on the farm for a few years, and I was just kind of hooked ever since. And it just took quite a while to get the financial means to follow on of what I dreamed of doing so and speaking of really nice airplanes when I visited your hangar I saw a nostalgic at least to me airplane sitting in the hangar being a, a globe swift yes well I saw one as a teenager it was a polished aluminum one with a blue stripe and I just thought like that is just the prettiest looking airplane I had ever, you know at the time you know, there was all kinds of pipers and tailorcrafts and all these fabric airplanes around, you know, and all my dad's friends were flying these little, these little planes. And to look at this all aluminum airplane that, that was polished aluminum, it just, it just looked like a fighter plane right out of World War II. So it's always been on the back of my mind that I'm going to have one of those. Huh. And this particular one that I finally acquired, I was trying to get even before I started the Great Lakes project. And just over the years, it's changed hands and been here and been there. And it was a flying airplane and then it became a project. And anyway, I managed to get my hands on it last spring. Wow. So it's a bit ahead of what I um, need for another project. But sometimes it takes a long time to hunt and find the right one. So I don't mind if it's sitting in the hangar waiting. I'll just I'm at this point, I'm just collecting information and deciding, you know, getting, getting all the knowledge I can on them. I've actually belonged to the Swift Museum Foundation for probably over 20 years. Just, oh, wow. Just be in the circle and in the know and, and you know, gaining information on, 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 on everything about them. So it's a very cool uh, airplane. As you said, you know, aluminum, retractable landing gear. Yes. Two-seat side by side. And with a variety of engines, are you going to turn it into what's called a Super Swift? Yes, I am. A Super Swift is kind of, there's no real line drawn in the sand, 
But any Swift that's over 150 horsepower and a constant speed prop is considered a Super Swift. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of modifications to do to them. This has had a few done. The previous owner bought all kinds of stuff that is all still boxed up and, and never installed. So it was a flying airplane when he bought it, and he took the engine and prop off and sold it, and he bought the STC for the 210-horse fuel-injected Continental. He bought the cowl and bought the mounts and bought all that stuff, and that's as far as it went. Another really popular mod is to take the control yokes out and put a stick kit in. Mm-hmm. So then it really feels like a little fighter because you got a stick. Well, that, that kit is brand new in the box here as well. Wow. So the last thing to really give it that fighter cachet would be a bubble canopy. The sliding canopy is really popular. The guy that made it and holds the the STC, which is the approval, it's a, it's a supplemental type certificate, this is still a certified plate. Anytime you modify anything, it has to be an approved modification. I don't really like the sliding canopy. It's my understanding that you have to take the rollover structure out of the roof to put this sliding canopy on, and I just don't feel good about that. Yeah, I guess with a tail dragger, if you were to ground loop it, that really sounds like a bad idea. Well, and you're putting a heavier engine and a constant speed prop in the front of the thing, so they are kind of notoriously nose-heavy. Mm. Most of them have to be ballasted a bit once they become super swift. You have to put like some, some lead weight in the back to get the balance where they need to be on most of them. So, you know, this kind of has like, has slide down windows on each side and then has two little gull wings that tip up kind of so you can get in and out. And I don't have a problem with that design at all. Mm-hmm. A newer one rather than a gull wing there was a whole section flipped ahead people disliked it because it you know they'd knock you in the head getting in and out if it was windy or gusty or something but these ones go up and lock up and i think i'll be quite happy with them uh, maybe if you were six two or something it would be more awkward to get in and out yeah so th- this airplane is the first airplane i've ever bought that's that is complete and undamaged it's a very low time airplane it's got a brand new paint job on it it's never been outside and it's it's undamaged so i'm hoping it doesn't take me 11 years to put this one together (laughs) sounds like it's uh you know in a year it'll be ready to fly yeah i i i i doubt it because i'll be i'm hoping to finish the great lakes this winter and you know maybe the next winter i'll start at it but Realistically, it's likely more than a winter's work doing all the modifications that I want to finish. Sure. And like, it's got a really nice new paint job on it, so I'm going to have to kind of tiptoe around all that. I don't. The paint job isn't perfect, but it's pretty darn nice. I think it's I think it's good enough for for my liking. And then I guess the kind of the fun part as you get once you get into the weeds with the project is uh, what what to stick in the panel. Yeah, that's a real. That's a real wild card for me. I, I don't. I, I don't really. I'm not really drawn to having a whole whiz bang glass cockpit in the thing. It'll. It'll likely have an engine analyzer and then and then some steam instruments from there. Uh, I take it this is going to be a VFR airplane. Yes, I'm just a VFR pilot, and I fly right off my farm strip here, so. 
so I've, I've never bothered with a with an instrument rating and a bunch of stuff because in reality it would be difficult to be current because all my flying is basically from here and I can't come or go at night so I, I tell people you know I'm, I'm past my best before date now so I'm also a VFR only pilot and I, yep. I think that the Certainly the challenge as we get into the winter time is unless uh, aircraft is uh, equipped with Fiki, flight into known ice, yep. probably not going to be flying anyways. Well, I, I, I actually fly quite a bit in the winter. Sure. I fly on skis all winter and back yeah. and forth to my cottage all the time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you've really gotta, you've really got to pay attention. When I said that, I mean, it's not that you won't be flying. What I should have said was, you yep. won't be flying IFR in, in the clouds. No. No. Strict, strictly nice days. Strictly nice days. VFR gets you there and back. Yep. And... Yep. What's it like flying on skis? Well, it's different. The, the, the first, I, I did get a little bit of instruction. It, it, it's, it takes a lot of getting used to when you have no brakes. And, <laughs> you know, it, it takes 40 acres to turn the thing around. So it, it, it took a little bit of, you know, especially on a farm strip that doesn't have, you know, great big turnaround aprons and things. It, it, it took a little bit of research and, and talking to some friends and, and trial and error to, to get comfortable with it. You know, it always seems to me, I, I guess I should have paid attention to, to skiing more, like downhill skiing and mm. cross-country skiing. It, you know, it, it always seems like the snow is sticky as sticky when you're trying to take off. But about the time you abort the takeoff... Well, then it seems to go like mad. <laughs> <laughs> There's some wisdom in that. So you have to kind of rethink your abort point. Like I just have a short farm strip, and you know your summer abort point is is much further down the runway when you can use some brakes if 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 it's not going to safely get airborne. And in, in the winter you have to consciously move that spot back because once you chicken out, it seems to glide along for a long time. It's kind of uh, a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I learned things right away that, you know, it turns left way better than it turns right mm. because the, just the, the, the propeller rotation and the prop mm. wash against the rudder to turn right, you know, it's fighting against all of the aircraft's natural left-turning tendencies. So, and, you know, I've, I've got quite a bit of float time and amphib time, and it's exactly the same with it. Like, yeah, it'll turn to the right, but it's a bigger circle than turning left. So if, if you plan it, you just make all your turns to the left. As you said, uh, planning's worth uh, an ounce of prevention, pound of cure. Yeah, well, just, just to have some foresight. Like, you know, I, I see people, you know, land an airplane, and they decide to turn right on the runway to backtrack and they're jumping on the brakes and giving it a whole bunch of throttle and ramming the thing around and like on the rollout if I just kind of let it roll out to the right a little bit you just step on the rudder and you don't give it any gas at all and it just turns around and and you can taxi back and you just kind of go like why didn't that guy do that it's not just tailwheel even even nose wheel plane turns much nicer to the left for sure it's and you end up looking like a star well exactly and you're not ramming and goosing it and you know I'm the guy that's paying for that engine when it's worn out. I try to be just as gentle as I can on it. As opposed to uh, going off the edge, you know, the edge of the runway into the weeds. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's no fun. So, yeah, the, the first winter on skis was kind of intimidating. The next winter, I put my Cessna 170 on floats, 
And I flew it quite a bit on floats that, that summer. I actually found somebody to give me an endorsement in my own plane, which was oh. really nice. Hmm. And after, after, you know, 50 hours or so flying it on floats, skis didn't seem difficult anymore. Hmm. Because you kind of got it in your mind then, because, you know, the floats, you have no brakes. You know, at least the skis, if it's idling, it'll usually stop. You know, the float plane, it keeps moving until you shut the thing off. Oh, wow. So I always, I, I always find it interesting when people have trouble docking a, a boat. They just go, oh, my God, like, you should try it with no reverse and no neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts for the Plane Talk audience? Ah, no, I think we've hit most of the highlights, haven't we, Phil? I think so. And... <laughs> I do want to thank you for uh, spending some time in the Plane Talk cockpit. You are very welcome. I'm hoping to run into you somewhere to fly in or on a summer day or something. Let's, let's uh, hope so we get past this uh, COVID-19 situation. Oh, I hope so. I think we will. I do that interprovincial air tour every year. It's been oh. canceled two years in a row. Thank you so much for being part of uh, Plane Talk. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plain Talk. If you have any ideas for a future Plain Talk episode, please go to the Contact Us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca, our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.